Welcome back to The Wise Man's Page, the daily podcast where we read Patrick Rothfuss's The Wise Man's Fear page by page. This is page 927. He might look like a grocer, but Stapes had a sharp set of eyes. He spotted the ring on my finger straight away. She did it then, he said, shaking his head. You really shouldn't wear it. I'm not ashamed of what I am, I said. If this is the ring of an Adima Ra, I'll wear it. Stapes sighed. It's more complicated than that. I know, I said. I didn't come here to make your life difficult. Could you return this to the mayor for me? I handed him Alvaron's ring. Stapes put it in his pocket. I also wanted to return these. I handed him the two rings he'd given me. One bright silver, one white bone. I don't want to make trouble between you and your master's new wife. Stapes nodded, holding up the silver ring. It would make much trouble if you kept it, he said. I am in the mayor's service. As such, I need to be mindful of the games of the court. Then he reached out and took my hand, pressing the bone ring back into it. But this lies outside my duty to the mayor. It is a depth between two men. The games of the court have no sway over such things. Stapes met my eye, and I insist you keep it. I ate a late supper alone in my rooms. The guards were still waiting patiently outside as I read the mayor's letter for the fifth time. Each time I hoped to find some clement sentiment hidden in his phrasing, but it simply wasn't there. On the table sat the various papers the mayor had sent. I emptied my purse beside them. I had two gold royals, four silver nobles, eight and a half pennies, and, inexplicably, a single Lodagan Strelaum, though I couldn't for the life of me remember where I'd come by it. Altogether, they equaled slightly less than eight talents. I stacked them next to Alvaron's papers. Eight talents, a pardon, a player's writ, and my tuition paid at the university. It was not an inconsiderable reward. Still, I couldn't help but feel rather shorted. I had saved Alvaron from a poisoning, uncovered a traitor in his court, won him a wife, and rid his roads of more dangerous folk than I cared to count. Despite all that, I was still left without a patron. Worse, his letter had made no mention of the emir, no mention of the support he had promised to lend me in my search for them. But there was nothing to be gained by making a fuss, and much that I could lose. I refilled my purse and tucked Alvaron's letters into the secret compartment in my loot case. That's the page. I'm Jeremy. I'm Jordana. I'm Nick. A quick point of order, Jeremy. On your page, what color is the ring that uh, Quoth gives to Stapes, the ring that he holds up? Silver. Interesting. Okay, so in my book, it is a gold ring, and I believe that is a misprint in your book because in the plot, Stapes gives him a gold ring, right? In my book, it says silver too. Buh? Well, I I think that our our books are newer, and therefore this is a correction that's been made. I don't think Stapes gave him a gold ring. Didn't Stapes give him a gold ring and not a silver ring? Or was it a silver ring the whole time? He gave him a silver ring. I thought he gave him a gold ring to indicate the extent of his, of the debt to him. That's what the bone ring is for. Oh, right. That's okay, why interesting. He, that's why he gets him to keep the bone ring. That's for Quoth gets the bone ring that is in the various legends about him. Okay, and the silver ring is, now I want to read back and see if in my book he gives him a gold ring or a silver ring. I think we would have caught that if there was a discrepancy before. Okay, interesting. So I guess in some draft he got a gold ring and then at some point he was like, you know what? That's not appropriate for him to give him a gold ring, but a silver ring is okay. And then it, it got lost in in the editing in my first edition book. 
unless it's just a misprint on this page. Could be, but you know, at one point it said gold. So anyway, it it because uh... I think giving someone a gold ring means that they are like of a high of like a higher rank than you. Right? Yeah, and I thought that was the sentiment that Stapes was expressing. Expressing in my mind, he gave him a gold ring, but of course I haven't gone back to look at it. Interesting that there's a discrepancy. I don't. I don't care to. We are page of the wind, not previous page of the wind. So <laughs> it's all in the past. It is not but wind. Time is an illusion. The only thing we have is now, this present. Breathe in. That's what life is. Everything else is transitory. So, Quoth is doing here. I think we talked about this on previous pages, but when he says to Stapes, like, if this is the ring of an Edema Ra, I will wear it, he is kind of taking the thing that people denigrate him for and making it part of his identity, part of his armor, uh, as another fantasy character might say, which I think is neat. So, St- and, and, and Stapes says it's more complicated than that. Do you think it's just what? Braden explained or do you think it's even more there's even more nuance to it that Braden couldn't or didn't explain that Quoth is like inadvertently blundering into by wearing the ring I mean I'd like it if there was something inadvertently blundery about it but I uh, I don't know I I don't think it's more complicated than that because shortly after this Quoth leaves Severin where this ring game matters and goes everywhere else he goes uh, for the rest of this book the ring game doesn't matter so no one's going to know what it means anyway so he also i I think stops wearing it after i mean again i think i'm uh immediately countermanding my own point about being current page of the wind in that i upon reading ahead i believe he takes it off when he leaves Hmm. well then why put it on at all really well he wants to show the people where it matters it's like you said he wants where it matters. He wants to wear it and show and, and make it part of his armor. But outside, why bother wearing it? Right? It's all about. It's all well, about. But he doesn't really encounter anybody else for the rest of the, his time in Severin. Well, he's barely in Severin for much longer. So if he's wearing it to show off to other people at the court, that you know, it doesn't really work out that way. Anyway, this is this is uh, getting awfully nitpicky. I, I guess yes, indeed. He so, to my mind, oh, he has to yeah, keep. Go ahead. To my mind, he has to keep wearing it because it's become important enough as part of his like identifying features that there are like rhymes about it. Yes, that's true. Or at least somehow the the messaging about him wearing it makes its way there. Now, turning this page uh, on the facing page, the two pages from now, second last or last paragraph of the chapter, he tucks the ring into his pocket and there it stays as far as I know. So unless he puts it back on again in this book, which I don't think he does, uh, it's only the time spent wearing it in Severin that people notice. But as we've said, people did notice. I guess. I think yeah. that upon Quoth's uh, summing up of what he's gathered here, uh, he points out rightly that he feels a bit shortchanged. And he reminds us that the mayor had promised to lend him support in his search for them. I don't think that this plot is dead ending here. I don't think that all that, uh, that the only bearing on the wider plot that this whole sequence has is that Quoth gets his tuition paid at the university. I think that's a, uh, a temporary solve so that Quoth, the character can feel like this was useful and that we, the audience can, can close this book going, okay, he accomplished something. But I think that in the grander scheme, we have talked about this, but I think that this is some proof positive. 
this is a reminder that this is an unfinished thread and that what has actually happened in the wider scheme of things that Quoth has brought to the mayor's attention the fact that the Amir are active and that is what will end up being important in the long run. That the mayor knows that they are active and that they need to be actioned upon and he was going to tap Quoth to do it and now he can't. So the mayor is now actively dispatching agents, perhaps uh, working against Quoth to, to find the Amir and that will end up being important and that is ultimately what this sequence is setting up for book three. The tuition paid at the university is a red herring. Hmm. I feel like that did get very far off the page, but at the same time was necessary. Well, Jordana, you know, it's part of our purview to discuss all the relevant parts that touch the page. Mm, Yes. Reasonable. (laughs) Yeah, I guess to my mind, it's like the difference between setting up a long-term plot problem and resolving a short-term plot problem. And I don't necessarily think that the mayor and his promise to Quoth are going to come back in book three, but the Emir certainly will. Uh, You know, you know what I mean? I think they have to, the Emir has to, because the state of the leadership of, uh, of Vintus will be in question. Like that's going to, there's going to be some turmoil there in order for the penitent King to arrive. So one way or another, the mayor, maybe he won't be a character. The penitent King is the King of Vintus. Didn't they say as much? Isn't the penitent King? I don't think so. Name peerage. Okay. Well, listeners, uh, do our job for us, please. And tell us where the penitent King rules. I think it's I'm... kept deliberately vague <laughs> in oh, order you know what, to that... make people like you go nuts. Well, it's working. It's working. <laughs> you may be right. Yeah, Charlie. I mean, I if also, it wasn't working, I mean... would we even be here on this podcast? No, no, we wouldn't. hundred <laughs> percent. I love how the, the things Nick hates also bring him the things Nick likes. That's true. <laughs> it's called frisson. Um. There was one other I, thing I was going to say. Oh, no. Okay, go ahead, Jeremy. Well, while you're thinking of it, I think that Quoth is wrong when he reads the mayor's letter. He says, each time I hoped to find some clement sentiment hidden in his phrasing, but it simply wasn't there. Uh, I think that Quoth is kind of missing the point of the letter, because if there was no clement sentiment, then he wouldn't get a pardon or his tuition paid. Uh, and the mayor wouldn't say, you know, I had hoped you know your blood matters but little in light of the services you've rendered me i hope to retain your services he he wouldn't get a open-ended like he he has no ticking clock to leave whereas i think if he was if there was no clemency he'd be out on his ass already i mean i think he does have a ticking clock to leave because the mayor says leave at your earliest convenience but yeah but as brayden says that says a lot without saying that much yeah he doesn't he doesn't say my guards are going to roust you from your quarters now yeah, and speaking of, the guards are like still placidly waiting. Like they're not they're not like rifling through his things and throwing him out. They're just waiting for him to go. Yeah. Yeah. So I think that Quoth his feelings are hurt and he's feeling bad. So I think he's not able to recognize that there is some clement sentiment in that letter. I remember what I was going to say. And it's that another reason I think that the university tuition is a red herring, something to make us feel good at the end of this book, is that there's a lot of evidence that things will get bad at the university 
with uh, him taking over as chancellor. And also, uh, you know, this is out of book, but we've gathered from chats with Rothfuss that Quoth goes to Yill and he'll have to spend some time away from the university. I think that Quoth is basically going to be rusticated and uh, will be removed perhaps for the last time from the university and the tuition thing will not matter. Oh, yeah, no. I mean, because one of the things he says when he's describing himself, he's like, I was kicked out of the university when I was younger than most people are let in. So he still has yet to be kicked out. No, he's he wasn't he um, like technically kicked out already? No, no, wasn't he wasn't. That the way they got past that? No, no, no? he okay. wasn't kicked out. They like no one kicked him out. He was advised like, hey, why don't you take a sabbatical? <laughs> But no but one was like, was you are promoted. expelled we're, from the university. We're going way back to Name of the Wind. When he was initially promoted, I guess he got the lashes. That was it. He was up on the horns and he got lashes and was promoted to uh, Rilar. Yeah, he, he has not been kicked out of the university. That part of his foreshadowing has not been fulfilled yet. Well, there you go. Once again, my crackpot theorizing proven true. Wait, what? That's right. I am a sort of Modern day Cassandra, you all doubted me. And like Cassandra, I laugh over your graves. Who's That's what Cassandra? she was doing, right? She was laughing. Uh, Cassandra did not enjoy the, the, uh, the, her I told you so's. Yeah, no, the Cassandra <laughs> complex is uh, when no one believes you and then you're proven right and then you feel good about it. Mm. Yeah. Uh, Jordana, the Cassandra in, um, in Greek she... myth, Cassandra was an oracle who was given, you know, perfect sight of the future, but her curse was that no one would ever believe her. Yeah. Aww. And she famously was, she was a daughter, I think, of Priam, king of Troy. And during the Trojan War, she said to all the Trojans, hey, beware of Greeks bearing gifts. They're going to bring you a present that's going to, like, doom the city. And everyone was like, oh, crazy, Cassandra. She's always saying bullshit. Look at this Wait, cool why, horse. That, look at this cool horse that showed up. Why would she say the opposite thing then? Why wouldn't because she that's be not like, oh yeah, the, the gift horse is definitely great. Yeah, and that's they why go they great. have looked it in the mouth. They would have <laughs> seen Greek soldiers in there. That The the point is that like, that's not how the myth works. Anyway, the well, point of I saying someone is- I see flaws in this myth. <laughs> oh, yes. Why don't you Jordana, take it up with Homer? <laughs> yeah, Jordana, why don't you start a YouTube channel where you pedantically point out all the plot holes in the classic <laughs> myths- Yes, yes, Odyssey sins. Yeah. Or I suppose Iliad sins, and then mm -hmm. season two would be Odyssey sins. Yeah. Odyssey sure that, starring yeah. Jordana. That's you a good idea. You would have like 60 podcast. million of the worst yeah. people imaginable following you on, on YouTube. Yeah, a wound to the heel would not be fatal. <laughs> Are you, you mean to tell me that the poisoned arrows of Apollo uh, strike with unerring accuracy? Um, anyway. Uh, Jordana, do you have anything you want to say on this page? I, I think I'm good, actually. <laughs> All right. Do you really think that Polyphemus would have been so thick as to not understand that he was literally saying no one? It wasn't actually his name? Listeners, no one's you, that stupid. Listeners, you Dang. can tell us whether you think that uh, someone might be that stupid on tomorrow's page. <laughs> uh... <laughs> 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 the wind. Wind. <laughs>